0: Project Green with Bobby Kerr.
1: With thanks to ESB Networks. Connecting you to a clean electric
2: future. ESBnetworks.ie This is Project Green with Bobby Kerr. We're continuing to explore sustainability within businesses and discussing the steps industries are taking to reduce their carbon footprint. This week, it's all about hospitality. A sector I know particularly well, but to talk me through what this industry is doing and what it could be doing moving forward in an attempt to get carbon neutral, I'm delighted to be joined this morning by Deirdre O'Neill. She's the CEO, CEO of the Compass Group here in Ireland, and Maurice Bergen is the Managing Director of Greenhospitality.ie, and that's a, a certification company. Um, Maurice, we might start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. You've been in hospitality quite a number of years. So a man of experience. I, I have indeed, Bobby. Um, I have about 45 years in
0: hospitality, half of them operationally working primarily in hotels um, in Ireland and overseas. And the latter half um, providing environmental management support to the same sector. So I'm, I'm, I'm delighted still to be in hospitality um, and still engaged, uh, though working for myself.
2: Okay. Now, if we talk about your business, greenhospitality.ie, as I understand it, you offer certification to specific businesses within hospitality. Can you tell us a little bit how that works? Yeah, I, I suppose we we started this
0: back in early uh, 2000, uh, 2002, um, to provide, I suppose I'd say, provide a platform or a plan or a methodology for hospitality and tourism businesses mainly focused initially on hotels to implement good practice environmental management and as you know well yourself from hotels they love awards they love to have the gong the label uh, because they can also use those to promote uh, how good they are and how well they're performing so we created an awards program an environmental awards program with criteria based on internationally accepted standards, um, focusing on energy, water, and waste management, and I suppose the key um, and where I com- am completely driven from is the environmental part of what people call sustainability, uh, which is a much wider, a much broader uh, focus. So we 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 hone in on um, those practical things because I'm I'm a I'm a uh, an ex practical manager and hoteliers and caterers are practical managers. And they want to know, tell me what to do so that I can do better. And f- uh, following a criteria set criteria that at the end of the day will give you a, um, a label, an award that you can then um, use and demonstrate to show How good you are was the route i chose because i had i had applied and gone for different awards over the years and yeah it works you know for a business it helps you move forward
2: i'm liking the clarity of your proposition morris and uh you know practical is a word i I actually really really uh, love to hear because i think you know practicality can't be overstated let's bring in our next guest now deirdre o'neill she's the ceo of the compass group ireland Deirdre, you're very welcome to the programme. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Compass Group and, and indeed yourself, if you would.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bobby. Uh, well, Compass Group Ireland is part of Compass Group PLC, who's a world-leading uh, food service provider um, that we operate in about 45 countries around the, the globe. But actually, the Irish business here employs about 1,500 people and we spend about £35 million, um, on Irish food produce um, throughout the year. Um, we serve about 40,000 um, metres across uh, the country um, in about 130 customer sites and they are primarily in workplaces. Um, And as Ireland's leading food service provider, we absolutely know we have a responsibility to help protect and preserve the the planet. Um, And in fact, we launched our our plan to to reach net zero by 2030 um, and making sure that we do that in a way that continues to support people to live healthier and happier lives.
2: Okay. All right. Well, that's 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 a good overview of the business, Deirdre. If, would I be right in saying, if we look at even uh, your some of your client base, the Aviva Stadium, Vodafone, Squarespace, Google, these are people who are probably also on a sustainability journey. So, where does the rubber hit the road there? Do you do you help them? Do they help you? Is it? Or is it a mixture of both?
1: It's a mixture of both. And I think, you know, collaboration is what's needed within the industry. Um, I think we're in a unique position in terms of Compass Group Ireland, in terms of we work, obviously, in partnership with our suppliers, but we also can encourage sustainable practices and indeed consumption amongst our client and indeed the consumers that we serve every day.
2: Right, OK. Morris, back to you, if I may. Um just about uh, I know your own you're strongly of the view that there, there should there's no need for extra cost around adapting a, a, a good uh, sustainable position, Extra cost for the consumer, I mean. Can you maybe walk walk us through your your logic around that? because often people see it as something that does cost money uh, that does find its way onto the customer's plate. To use that term, uh, but you don't believe that. Is that correct? And, and not for the moment, um, Bobby.
0: And my experience is in the 20 years I've been working um, with uh, uh, businesses reducing their uh, emissions, which means they reduce the energy they use, the water they consume, and then commercially we pay a big price for water. They reduce the waste they send to either landfill or um, food waste, That means they save money. Yeah. And I have yet to have a client that paid more to implement practices and procedures um, than it than the savings they made. And and as I balance that in 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 the the reasonable return on investment um, uh, uh, scale. So, you know, water waste uh, um, reductions are no and low cost energy, half of those um, actions are no cost and low cost and then there's an investment element and and it's the only issue in terms of environmental where the ROI actually needs businesses need to understand that they need to take a slightly longer look it's you know a 3 year payback is just not feasible when you're when you have to spend um um Capus, capex on larger bits of kit after you've done all the small um, and the really fast uh, uh, payback items. So I'm, I promote the fact that I, and I'm i not saying you should reduce your prices when you go green, but you most certainly don't see that as a barrier. Um, and I think historically, the reason we think green is expensive is because of organic food. And the huge initial focus was, you know, organic food does cost more because of its production methodology. And we got this thing in our head. That um, if you if you touch anything with the green on it, uh, it's going to cost more, um, and it's it's the complete opposite.
2: Yeah. Um, well, well, just uh, just to support your argument, there, Morris. Like, if you take an average hotel, they could be looking at electricity bills of fifty grand a month. You know, so there's there's a lot of low hanging fruit there. If you know, if lights get turned off, if bulbs get replaced, those kind of, as you said, back yeah. to your your practical point. There's a lot of money to be saved without too much effort in the initial stage.
0: Well, and I'll, I'll give you a real frightener, um, and this is a real live business problem, uh, Bobby, facing not just uh, hospitality. Um, in the last two weeks, I've had two clients in terms of their the increasing costs coming at them, and you know it, it's partly uh, climate issue, um, uh, uh, taxes. It's partly um the world uh, issue, but electricity two hotels one their electricity both got new quotes got new um um uh, quotes for the next 12 or 24 months uh one is seeing an electricity increase by 100 cost over the next 12 months that's an 80 an extra 80 000 euro a year Ouch. profit they're going to lose and the other had a 61 percent increase in their electricity prices so it's There there are increasing costs coming at us, and particularly on energy with climate change. We're going, as businesses, the model currently appears to be tax the hell out of us uh, to force us to invest in more efficient um, equipment. But that's going to short-term put our cost base right up um, uh, uh, very high. So if you don't engage, it's a really tough one, if you don't engage in efficiencies, you could be taxed and priced out of business. Yeah, and it's a it's a and I haven't even looked at fossil fuels yet. It's in in terms of where they're going at the moment. But the the signs and I know we said we wanted to be upbeat. And I am I am predominantly an upbeat person. Uh, And I really would uh, say to everybody in in the sector, uh, get engaged in, you know, it's not about you don't have to believe in sustainability, you don't have to believe in uh, climate change or not climate change. Uh, the business argument is costs are guaranteed to increase over the next five to ten years. And I personally think carbon taxes are going to go way above what where they are currently uh, planned for. Yeah. So if you don't engage, you are planning to go out of business. Yeah. In that in, in that area.
2: No, interesting that you say that basically that, you know, whatever your beliefs, whatever your commitment, The commercial reality is if you don't get on this train, you're going to be left at the station. Uh, Back to you, Deirdre. If we look at, um, I suppose, you know, again, talking about low hanging fruit or easy things to do. The fact that you're purchasing power as a business with all your, uh, you know, with, with, with with the number of people that you feed every day. If you're buying Irish and you're buying locally, that's probably a huge contributor to be, you know, to, 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 to to giving massive benefit to huge amounts of, of, of people. And I'd just like to get your thoughts on that. Like, obviously you want to use the, the might of your scale to purchase well, like, you know, again, going back to the commerciality of what you do, that's understandable, but probably, you know, equally important is that if you can buy food locally, um, the value you're going to add into local economies will be absolutely massive.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're huge advocates of local and indeed seasonal um, sourcing. Um, and we only use seasonal fruit and veg within um, our menus on, on site and I think it's important uh, very much to source local and seasonal because we need to reconnect with uh, nature's cycle um, so I think seasonal food is, is certainly fresher it tastes better um, it's more nutritious um, and we avoid paying that premium for food because obviously food that has travelled a long way across the globe costs more um, and we've been using I suppose one of our key objectives over the next few years is to reduce our level of imported products Um, and we've been working very closely in terms of switching off product that's air freighted in Um, one of the products for example is basil which would traditionally be sourced from israel Uh, you've garlic been sourced from asia and now we're sourcing them in tipperary and in in kinegad Um, so it's a big part uh, of to play in terms of reducing our our net emissions. But I also think, I mean, in terms of the sector overall, I think there has been a few, huge focus in recent times on reducing single uh, use plastics um, and I think obviously that's taken a slight back step uh, during Covid um, but I think we've made huge inroads there as a sector and certainly as Compass Group Ireland we're we're on the verge of announcing that 100% of all of our packaging within our operation will either be reusable or recyclable next year um, but I see a huge focus I think shifting within the sector towards sustainable eating and I think that's certainly uh, where we need to shift our focus to um, and I think it's, you know, there's um massive impact in terms of actually if we do change the way we eat, um, we can certainly um, make it, be- we can eat in a way that is better for, for both ourselves and the environment. So it's no secret that plant based meals uh, certainly will play a significant part in reducing um, greenhouse gases in the future. And some of the principles that we've been putting into our own operation is around flip, blend and, and swap. And it's all about uh, flipping that. Um, portion of meat to, to veg ratio and giving meat a smaller role to play on the on the plate and indeed blending more um, meat with vegetables like uh, and is that burgers, is that
2: consumer led is is there an appetite for that not to use a pun but in the you know in the local canteen or in the yeah. business. In the business restaurant, there is. is—is that
1: There absolutely is. I think um, it's a journey um, and we need to educate people so it's not something that you can do overnight. But certainly we've made some really subtle changes even with the way we create our menus. So vegetarian is always traditionally something that's called out at the bottom of the menu and it's ensuring that that goes to the front and actually not labelling it vegetarian or vegan anymore and actually using descriptives in terms of where it's been sourced and how local the ingredients yeah. is. And as a result of that, actually we're seeing um, sales increase on on plant-based dishes. But it's also important to note that this is not about all of us changing vegan or vegetarian in the morning. I think what's important is that we look at plant-forward based where, you know, meat still has a role to, to play within the menus.
2: So it's about mainstreaming as plant-based menu offers, as in not making them exceptional not making them the other thing that you can have but bringing them right to the center uh, of what the what the food proposition actually is
1: yeah absolutely morris
2: can i go back to you on the the area As somebody who's in the certification game uh, the whole thing around credibility in you know on the sustainable journey the honesty you know the greenwashing that we see out there you know so much so many people are on this journey at the moment and not all of them are credible would you would you accept that i i, I, I would totally
0: accept it and and it's a it is a real um it is a real challenge for the consumer and um, it's also a challenge for the businesses um in 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 the hospitality in the international hospitality um uh, scene um the only um certifications that are accepted as valid are third party um, so self-claims by businesses are not accepted um, and it, it's an important um, uh, um, uh, route forward. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's everybody, everything is now sustainable. And you see that word used on on packaging, et cetera, um, and it, it creates confusion. You know, and it, it is a, it is harder for consumers to look closely. We they keep being told, oh, look closely, look deeper. Consumers don't do that. They 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 fundamentally believe um, the messaging that um, companies give to them. The plus side of the modern internet um, uh, world is that there are plenty of investigators, if I would would call them that, that if you go out and you make claims, particularly green claims, you will be found out as a business. Um, and I would argue it's the it is possibly the most dangerous thing you can do now is overclaim um, we say to our our members uh, um, underclaim and over deliver and that's a that's a classic um, um hospitality um uh, uh, policy and um, so you know you 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 yes talk about what you're doing be very honest you know climate neutral uh low ca- carbon you know they're, they're all they're all words we we we, we get our guys our, our our members to talk about um, tons of CO two uh, equivalent of the actual quantifiable targets and say and telling what have they done and what are they going to do and demonstrating um, how you do it and they, and again the great thing about um, uh, the internet is is everybody's got a website every business um, has a website and webs websites take pages okay. so you can tell a short story or you can tell a long story um, but absolutely you need to. To be very clear, but you also must tell the consumer. The consumer is demanding um, that their suppliers, us businesses, uh, take uh, do the heavy lifting. You know, it's our carbon. You know, and I I very very strongly believe in that. It's go back 20 years, and we blamed the consumer. Um, you know, we we're made to feel guilty about our consumption, um, when in fact we're paying good money to buy a say, a hotel bedroom um, overnight and eat, have dinner and swim in the swimming pool. I don't want to feel guilty when I go away. um I want the business to take responsibility for my emissions when okay. I'm on site. And that's that's
2: that's the way it should work. Every oh. company doing their bit and being honest about it. Okay, we're talking sustainability in the hospitality sector. My guests are Deirdre O'Neill, the CEO of Compass Group Ireland, and Maurice Bergen, the Managing Director of GreenHospitality.ie. Deirdre, back to you. On and and I know you've got a marketing background yourself. What about the credibility of the message? What What are your own thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely second what Mara said, which is, um, you know, com- companies cannot afford to, to greenwash anymore. Um, and I think it's important that everyone sets out a roadmap and a plan. Um, we absolutely need uh, leaders within the industry. Um, and I'm glad to, to have Compass Group in that position. Um, I think, you know, we, we've we longed, we've engaged with climate change for, for a long, long time now. Um, and, you know, sustainability, particularly lo- local sourcing and actually action- reducing our food waste has been a core business objective of ours for a number of years now like I can go back as far as 2014 when we implemented Winnow which is um, a technology system for kitchens to help monitor and, and prevent food waste. Um, and equally, in 2018, we came a mem- became a member of Borbia's Origin Green uh, Sustainability Programme. And since then, we've been making uh, further steps to really reduce our, our food waste. And that involved, you know, ingredient replication on our menus, but equally looking at composting and how our food waste leaves the kitchen and bringing it back into, I suppose, the, the food system um, um, and so, I mean, I think, you know, every, every company needs to, to work to deliver. Uh, and that involves collaboration, innovation and investment across, I okay. suppose, everyone's operation. Mm.
2: Um, Morris, just wanted to ask you about something as well that, 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 that I noted uh, in, in my research on your own business. You've said that on, until environmental sustainability is adopted as a basic business principle, it will always be seen as an add-on. So how do we stop, you know, this good practice as being seen as an add-on?
0: Well, uh, I suppose everything goes back to initial education. Mm. Uh, You know, uh, I I came through catering and when I left college, we weren't trained in food hygiene as in practically uh, trained. Now every uh, student graduating from every catering college automatically graduates with a food safety qualification. So <laughs> we need to be graduating, coming out of our colleges, be they third level or uh, uh, technical, etc., with having being educated on environmental good practice. And it needs to become a, a mandatory module. Um, and I'd, I'd even take it back further into our schools. Climate change, not to be frightening, but climate change is the single greatest existential challenge facing us now and for the next 20 years, possibly 10 years. Uh, So we everybody needs to know and needs to understand um, what they need to do and how they can influence it. Yeah. Then we need leadership. um, And, you know, and this is the this is possibly my 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 biggest complaint is we don't have leadership at national, regional uh, level on this. There is no climate action plan currently for uh, the tourism hospitality sector is there not an so, uh, show me the plan <laughs> I, you know I'd, I, I'd ask anybody go and look is there a written plan with quantifiable targets and objectives as of right now And the answer the answer is no so we need uh, now there is work going on but there's been work going on for for decades um you know and, and I've been out there um, um shouting for this and um, so we need planning we need leadership we need support We need we need huge support um, to allow all businesses invest in the uh, tech and equipment that they need to help the national uh, uh, challenge going forward. So do you see fundamentally
2: it's education? Do you see it as the government's responsibility then to provide this plan or the industry or the industry bodies? Like, Who do you see is the person who should be writing and delivering it? it, it?
0: yeah it has to come initially from government i mean that's the way we operate um and supported by the the re, the the sectoral um organizations sectoral state organizations and then the sectoral um um voluntary organizations such you know um uh, business organizations etc right um, but it is it, it, it you know it's a, it's and it's a whole it's a it's a big thing it's a whole of country it's a whole of industry um um approach and put it front and center as as to um uh, what we we must not need, we must do, um, but then support us. I mean, I'm I'm a, I'm a big advocate of we're paying carbon taxes in business. We're going to pay a couple of hundred million euro in increased carbon taxes and tourism and hospitality over the next decade. We are not going to be given a couple of hundred million euro back uh, to enable us to invest quicker in energy efficient equipment. And I'd ask, why not? Why is that money that businesses, are being taxed on its being it is a carbon tax. Why isn't that being fed straight back to those who will take immediate steps and say, yes, I'll put in the the heat pump or the uh, the biomass boiler or in, invest in, in in particularly good tech and um, to make our insulate, insulate, insulate to make my my building um, more efficient and um, put in induction uh, cooking units and move away from gas uh, cooking. That's a large ca- capital. That's where the capital cost stops us yeah. from moving forward. Uh, but we're being taxed. <laughs> we're paying more taxes. Yeah. And carbon, specifically carbon taxes, give it back, make it easier to, to get our hands on that <clears throat> so that we can deliver on the challenges and the targets set for the sector.
2: Yeah, so maybe a carrot and stick approach where you're incentivized maybe to move away from gas But you're you're penalised then for using fossil fuels or whatever it is. Um, uh, Yeah, no, I I totally go along with that. Deirdre, we've talked a lot about, on this podcast, generally when we've looked at the various sectors about what can I do? As in, it's very easy to almost get overwhelmed by the, the narrative that's out there. You know, it becomes a huge world problem. But people then kind of almost get frustrated in themselves in that, They say, what can I do? This seems to be, it always seems to be somebody else's problem. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's about taking little steps and, and making more informed choices. Um, so I think it's about uh, looking at your day and how you tackle your day. Um, and really just kind of looking at those practical ways in which you can change your behaviour. Um, and I think education is is a huge part to play. And I think, um, you know, we need to actually engage with all levels of society to actually share practical, creative, and impactful ways in which we can actually change our behaviour. So I think it needs a. Education and to allow people to actually give them the the knowledge and the know how to make those little step changes in their day.
2: I'd almost put the same question to you, Morris. Again, advice to people, just you know, the regular Joe or Josephine out there what can they do uh, to make the hospitality business and their part in that business, either as an operator, as a consumer, or a consumer? Um, you yeah. know to, to yeah. play and, their part and and, and I I'd,
0: I'd, I'd equally agree with Deirdre it's it's I I often use the phrase how do you how do you eat an elephant um in small bites um so you you need to it is a it is a massively overwhelming challenge and and it, you sort of inertia occurs uh, when you're you're overwhelmed with what should i do so find those small things um the the you know i would say in hospitality um, uh, uh for the small thing is stay uh, staycation more often, you know, as, as we come out of and we will come out of the uh, the, the pandemic, uh, everybody wants to go abroad. But, uh, you know, it is more environmentally friendly to stay at home. there's there's great things there. So yeah. do small things Um do and and have a list, you know, and what we try and do with with businesses is, look, here's ten things you should be doing in the next six months. That's it. Ten things. Then six months later, do ten more. Um, And then over time you, you build up, um, but do them well.
2: Everything um, on one page, Morris, you're a man after my own heart. Oh, I'm everything on one page. keep Keep it and, and measure. And I say,
0: Bobby, if there's one word I use, I use more than any other word is measure, measure, measure. You know, there's no point in saying, Oh, you're grandiose. We're going to, um, you, you know, um, reduce our carbon footprint. I said, "Well, what does that mean?" Well, it means I'm going to change my lights. I'm going to put in some metering so I can I can identify when I'm using energy and then reduce it. I'm going to train my staff. I'm going to get rid of that 50-year-old oil boiler, which is so inefficient it's frightening. Um, you know, and then I do those, and then I move on, and I say, yeah. "Now I'm going to do new refrigeration or." Um, I'm going to put low flow uh, taps in. I'm going to put solar panels up on my roof. Um, I'm going to avail of those few uh, and
2: tough to get grants that are around. Um, I think you've written the plan for us, Morris. I think you've written the plan for us there. Well done. (laughs) Now I know what we're going to do for the next six months. Well, listen, it's a fascinating subject and it does. I love the practical discussion we've had here this morning. I want to thank my guests, Deirdre O'Neill, the CEO of the Compass Group here in Ireland, and Maurice Bergen, Managing Director of greenhospitality.ie. Up next, I'm going to be talking to Anya Martin. She's the Human Resources and Purchasing Manager and Green Team Leader at the Hotel in Doolin, and she's got some wonderful ideas. So stand by for that. Thanks very much, guys.
0: Project Green with Bobby Kerr.
1: With thanks to ESB Networks, connecting you to a clean electric future. ESPNetworks.ie. Now
2: I'm delighted to be joined by Anya Martin uh, whose hotel in County Clare has put sustainability front and centre and it's been quite a journey over nearly a decade now for Anya and her team. Anya is the, hate, the, Anya is the human resources and purchasing manager uh, as well as the green team leader at the Hotel Doolin down there in the lovely Clare. Uh, Anya, you're very welcome to the programme.
3: Thanks very much, Bobby.
2: Now, um, I wanted to talk to somebody who, I suppose, has been in looking at this area of sustainability for a long number of years in in the hospitality uh, business. And you came to mind because, you know, this isn't something that's happened overnight at Hotel Doolin. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey, if you would, over the last decade, Anya? Yeah,
3: so we started our journey um, about nine years ago and we set up a green team and back then the three main goals of the green team were firstly to reduce our carbon footprint the second goal was to increase our involvement with the community and the third one was to purchase locally and to increase our corporate social responsibility and to be honest those three goals have never really changed since um so by setting up the green team what we did was we started working with a company called green hospitality and we subdivided the green team into a water team, a waste, energy, and um, like a green purchasing and corporate social responsibility duties. So we selected members from each department to go on each sub team, for example, the waste team, the kitchen would be a high, you know, creator of, of waste. So it was important that the executive chef would be the leader of the waste team. Um, so then Really, what we try to do is we sit down every one to two months for about an hour. We try to keep it, you know, short, and we don't yeah. meet yeah. a sure. So we try to make it fun, and uh, we talk about what we can do and what we have done and what's feasible to do, and we go off and get prices to see whether something is feasible to do or not. And that's really how, how oh, we work. Okay,
2: and just to delve into that for a second, then so you you have a you have a three simple goals. You've subdivided those goals then within teams within the business. So, am I right in saying that everybody is probably involved at some level or another?
3: Yes. Yeah. So, really, from day one, when when a new employee starts at the hotel as HR manager, I do a whole section on induction on the first day, uh, where I cover our sustainability ethos, um, and I explain to the team that you know if there's something that you're unsure about for example what bin to put something into don't ever be afraid to ask uh, instead of just putting it into the, the wrong bin and I know it sounds really simple but um, that um that so really it starts from day one and yes everybody is involved. It's It's kind of come full circle like years ago I used to be going to the team with ideas and now it has changed the team are actually coming to me with ideas which is amazing.
2: And it's sort of it it sounds to me like that it's embedded into the fabric of everything that you do, so that you know if I was a guest there, I'd expect I'd almost because I see one thing in the lobby, I'd expect to see more things in the bedroom, or if I was attending a wedding, so that, that you're, you're you're hitting the sustainability message at a whole lot so whole load of different levels on the guest journey with you.
3: Yeah, right. Even before they come to the hotel, there's a whole section and our sustainability and the website, so people have a clear understanding of how important it is to us before they even stay.
2: Yeah. And do you think that that proposition that you have, that, you know, has green and sustainability right at the front of the proposition, do you think that gives you a particular kind of customer base? Do you think it allows you to compete with people who maybe aren't so uh, green or sustainable?
3: I think it's become really important to our guests and uh, it's getting more and more important. Um, like we've seen a number of wedding couples who have chosen to get married here because we're certified as a carbon neutral business, so they know that by getting married, they're not having a, a poor carbon footprint. So, like definitely, it has it has helped our business as well as you know it being the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Customers becoming more and more aware of reducing their carbon footprint and staying in a green business in a green hotel.
2: Tell me about the about the green aspect of say the typical wedding or a wedding business there. What kind of things would would a guest see maybe that one wouldn't see in in an everyday hotel?
3: Yeah. Uh well firstly the venue where we host weddings is called the Eco Barn and it's an A rated 100% 100% soundproof um purpose-built wedding venue. And I would say that it's not your conventional function room style wedding. Um, we've our own decor team who'll decorate the room in the theme that our couple wants. So we don't encourage any of the um wedding couples to like bring plastics, for example, things like the flip-flops or the plastic saxophones. Um, our centrepieces are uh, living centrepieces. So what right. that means mm-hmm. is that they're plants that are growing in them and they can be taken home to plant we also have a selection of organic wines and for every wedding that we host at the hotel we plant 10 native trees locally through a charity called home tree.ie they're planted between Lahinch and his diamond and we invite the wedding couples to go and plant the trees if they'd like to participate in it and um, there's no obligation to their planted anyway and uh and do it's some of them? Do years.
2: some of them use that as a photo opportunity? Then on you.
3: So some of the wedding couples have gone out there, yeah. Not not on the day that they've got married, but maybe you know when they come back afterwards or yeah, before. Yeah, what they a lovely idea.
2: Married.
3: Yeah, um, so in the last three years, we've planted two thousand and fifty trees, and each tree offsets one tonne of carbon in its lifetime. And uh, we've got packages that are especially tailored to vegan couples. Everything from a kombucha stand to a vegan wedding cake, and. Um we use lots of local suppliers that we're really fortunate to have on our doorstep. The chef can tailor make a 30 mile menu for our couples. And um, we try to make the hotel feel like they're home for two days. And um, the heating and ventilation system that's in the barn is a uh, really sustainable uh, one. And finally, just to say that was it's kind of like a festival vibe. So there's festoon lighting in the garden at the nighttime. So, yeah, that's sounds a little bit great weddings. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it sounds absolutely great. And then if we go to, how many bedrooms have you there at the hotel?
3: We have 17 bedrooms in the hotel and then mm-hmm. we also have nine holiday homes and we um, we run Cullinan's Guest House, which is across the road, which has eight bedrooms, but 17 bedrooms in the hotel.
2: So does that mean then that if somebody is having a wedding uh, in the eco barn that local businesses then will benefit from it's, the accommodation um, around that?
3: Yeah, there's about 80 bed and breakfasts uh, within a five mile radius of the hotel, so it, it contributes to the community in terms of the room, room uh, referrals from weddings, definitely.
2: Yeah, and can I then ask about if you look at the efficiencies around, you know, heating and lighting, and that, like, you know, we were hearing earlier uh, from Morris about the, you know, the arg- the commercial argument that it's, it's a good idea. To get on board and be efficient around energy use because you know it's about the bottom line and absolutely. a lot of people talk about these green initiatives costing money but i think morris was making the argument that they absolutely save you money
3: definitely um so if you're reducing your it's, it's pretty basic if you're reducing the amount of electricity that you're using if you're using led bulbs it's hitting the bottom line so I guess the most important thing to start doing is to start recording your electricity, your waste, and your water consumption, and then setting a target. And it's very easy to, if you haven't been doing it already, to you know knock a percentage off what your consumption is. Um, and it's things like putting energy charts in place. So, for example, you know the um, chef could easily come in in the morning and just turn on every light in the kitchen. But if there's a chart beside the lights that says turn on one, three, and five at seven a.m. Um, lights one, three, and five at seven a.m. You know you're immediately reducing your your um, kilowatt hours.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. Per day. Um, and and
2: is there a lot of man? <coughs> is there a li- oh, sorry, Anya? Is sorry. there a, is there a lot of is there a lot of management around these initiatives, or, or do they just are they just something that you just do? And you've as I say, because you're doing it so long now that it's just something. That everybody is used to working in the place.
3: Yeah, it's it's a continuous, it's a continuous process. So it's not just something that you say because obviously you have new members of team the team join new members joining the team. So it's continuous training all the time. Um but it's it's a very worthwhile investment. And I think probably the biggest investment is is time, but um time and commitment but it's really really worthwhile Um yeah and things mm-hmm. like i say one thing when as, as purchasing manager for the hotel i have a lot of people who will come to me and say oh we need to we're, we're out of a particular item so for example uh the do not disturb signs I and mean, they used to be paper so we don't just go and repeat the purchase that we previously did we see if there's a more sustainable way of or more sustainable option. So for example, our heating system in 2018, we were using oil to heat the hotel and we could have just gone with replacing with oil or with gas, but we decided to put in an air to water heating system. And in the first year, obviously we cut out oil, which is not a, a good thing to be burning. Um, and we reduced our oil consumption by 68%. And that system works off green electricity we use 100% green electricity in the hotels. That has a zero carbon footprint. Um, So I'd be recommending to anybody <clears> that, you know, look at when your electricity is due for renewal. And it's a very simple step to change to green electricity immediately.
2: And, and I'm right in saying on you that the chef that, uh, that you mentioned earlier, he's the man that made the Do Not Disturb signs. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, one of the, the chefs. Yeah, yeah. It, it was um, Nat who, who made the Do Not Disturb Science. He has an interest in art. So... In his, per, in his own personal time, he painted the Do Not Disturb uh, writing on the on the Do Not Disturb sign as well. And they're made from wood, so it's yeah. not just paper that was kind of ended up getting tattered. and ended yeah, up being It's win-win out.
2: at so many so, levels, isn't it?
3: Exactly, exactly. And yeah. it looks really nice in the room. And that's really important for us, that the guest comfort, like we strive to provide really excellent levels of guest satisfaction all the time. And, you know, we don't want the guest comfort to be compromised in any way. Sure.
2: And finally then, Anya, can I ask you about where you see this journey going? You've been on it for a decade now. If I was talking to you in 10 years' time, what do you think we might be looking at when we look at the Hotel Doolin? What's your vision, uh, your green vision for the business? Um.
3: Well, firstly, we don't have PV solar panels at the hotel, so we're waiting for an energy audit to take place in the next fortnight or so that will work out how many PV solar panels we should have um, and what's feasible for the hotel to purchase or to lease. And I'd also love to see the hotel using wind, you know, generating wind energy. We're right here on the coast of County Clare. It can be windy in the
2: winter Certainly windy the at the Cliffs of
3: Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I'd love to see us generating more, uh, generating energy through wind and also we compost a certain element of our food, but I'd love to be generating 100% compost and we're looking at an option, two options at the moment where we'd either be uh, creating 100% compost from our food waste, which we could um, provide to one of our local suppliers at Moyhill Community Farm who's actually buying compost at the moment from a a business in another county. So that would make sense or else there is also an option where the food can be turned into both compost and a gas that can be fed back into the kitchen. So that's a project that I'm working on at the moment. So we haven't made a decision on that yet.
2: Okay. Um,
3: Yeah, and just, uh, we are actually offsetting more carbon than we are creating uh, by running the business on an annual basis at the moment. So um, but we are certified as being the first carbon neutral hotel in Ireland. So I would love to see us being certified as offsetting more carbon. And I just love to see more and more hospitality businesses following the same journey as we have. And I've always shared all of the information on our journey with other businesses, not just hospitality Um, businesses. um, but
2: As well. Okay, well, Anya Martin, human resources and purchasing manager and green team leader at the Hotel Doolin, thanks for joining us today.
3: Thanks, Bobby.
2: Now, a huge thanks to all my guests on this episode of Project Green. Make sure and subscribe at newstalk.com or through the Newstalk app powered by Go Aloud. Next time, we're going to be looking at sustainability in the retail industry. So look out for that. Take care and thanks for listening. Project Green with Bobby Kerr.
1: With thanks to ESB Networks, National Network Local Connections Programme consultations now open. Get involved. ESBnetworks.ie.